If you've got your Bible this morning, I want to give you some scriptures. Uh, you know, I've got about 30 minutes left, which is where I seem to find myself every Sunday. And I've got about three hours worth of material and about 30 minutes to give it. So then I wind up like doing this motorboat-like thing. Right, that's why we're on part three, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't have any intentions of making this a series on healing. You know, we're in the middle of a series called The Master, and really just wanted to show different characteristics and attributes of the Master, that Jesus mastered death. He's the only person that entered the death experience and mastered it. He mastered everything. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the Lion of Judah. He's all of these things. He's mastered master of heaven and earth so we wanted to look at different attributes of the master and then also whenever the master moves in you he teaches you how to master your finances master your emotions master your relationships whenever a master moves in you he becomes your master he causes you to learn how to to, to master your life so and we got to the physician jesus the great physician and his willingness to help us physically. And, you know, we started and was just going to do one Sunday of it. But uh, now we're on Sunday number three. And my intentions were uh, was to finish last Sunday. But while studying, I started studying along a different line and just down on the inside, just kind of some scratching. And people say, well, how do you know God's speaking to you? How do you know he's talking to you? Listen, just down on the inside, he just kind of like, yeah, you're not going that route. And it's like, well, why, Jesus? I'm ready to, to, to go. I wanted to hit this other part of the master. It says, no, we're not quite done with the physician. You showed them the Old Testament. If you were here the past two Sundays, we saw that, that the snakes were biting God's people because of their, their thoughts and their, their complaining and their attitude. So snakes started biting them. Venom is going through their veins. But God told Moses, he said, make a bronze serpent lifted up on the pole in any person that has an absorbing, expectant gaze upon that bronze serpent. The venom won't affect them. So that's what they did. And then John 3.16, which we all know and are familiar with, two verses before that, he says, that just the way that Moses lifted up the bronze serpent serpent so is the son of man our king our jesus was lifted up and if we will look at him with an absorbing expectant gaze upon him then whatever the venom of life attacks us or bites us if we can hone in to him it won't affect us there may be some pain and some symptoms and it may be difficult but but if we can lock in to him so the lord said you know you showed them the old testament in the bronze serpent and you showed them Hezekiah the Bible says that the Lord told Hezekiah get your house in order you're going to die but the Bible says Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he wept bitterly and he began to just talk to the Lord and say I've served you I loved you I've honored you and God said I'm going to add 15 years to your life even though you were terminal now I'm going to add 15 years to your life because he knew how to turn his face to the wall. So we looked at the Old Testament, but the Lord says, you know, you got to give them the New Testament. I mean, I know Jesus is still working. He's still moving. He's still operating. Uh, in your bulletin there, the, one of the first scriptures that, that we'll look at, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, the Bible says that if, if it was recorded, all of the works of Jesus, that the world couldn't hold the volumes of books. And you think, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, Jesus, he was baptized at 30. He was crucified, nailed to a cross at 33. In three years, he accomplished the lot. But to say that you couldn't put all of the things that he did in three years in a, a world full of books, that doesn't make sense. The only way that it makes sense is to recognize is that he's still doing things. The books are still being written. Today in 2013, all across this globe, people will reach out in faith and Jesus will absolutely meet them right where they're at physically, emotionally, socially, mentally, whatever is wrong with them. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. They're still being recorded the works of Jesus. People are being saved today. They're being delivered today. They're being helped today. It's still being written. He goes around and he still helps everybody. The Bible says that in every manner of sickness, every manner of disease, I'm just quoting some of these just for lack of time. And this is Matthew 9.35. You have it there in your bulletin. The Bible says that Jesus went around and he healed every manner of sickness. Well, what does that mean? Well, there's obviously there's different types of sicknesses. You can be emotionally sick. You can be socially sick. You can be physically sick. And there's just, the, if all of these things that Jesus did, uh, he couldn't give us everything that he did. So he just gave us examples in the word of God. He gave us examples of people that were uh, willing to hurt themselves or willing, they were suicidal. You think about the, the man that comes and says, Jesus, my child keeps throwing himself into the fire. I mean, you're glad you don't have kids like that. That mentally he's broken. This child is broken. And Jesus, immediately he brought deliverance to that person that mentally was really uh, obviously struggling. If you're willing to commit suicide by burning yourself, Jesus helped that individual. He helped the man that wouldn't quit hurting other people. How I many y'all know in Boston, you got two young men last week that are willing to just blow up strangers. Well, obviously they've got some problems. And in, in, in our New Testament, you've got a man that won't quit hurting and attacking and destroying lives. And Jesus sets his sail towards the madman of Gadara. And the madman Gadara comes out to meet him and runs and falls at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus just, just immediately sets Sets that man completely free. He went from being naked and chained, living in the tombs, cutting himself. He was a cutter, which is a big thing now today amongst teenagers, is in order to feel you, you cut. And Jesus totally met that man right where he was and supernaturally delivered him. So we have example after example of different people suffering from different ailments, and Jesus healed them all. He didn't tell any of them, come back later. He didn't say, you aren't good enough you don't qualify you've sinned too much 
No, and, and in fact, back then, if you had a physical problem, they attributed it to uh, something that you sinned. You say, oh, well, you're blind. The reason that you're blind is because God cursed you because you couldn't control your eyes. Oh, well, you're deaf. God cursed you because you, you, uh, you know, there's something wrong with, with you. In fact, they asked Jesus. They said, Jesus, this deaf man right here, who sinned? Did he sin or did his parents sin? Why does he have to live like this? And Jesus said, neither one of them sinned. It's because of the fall. Because Adam and Eve sinned, they let death enter in. And the wages of sin is that it's not what he or his mama did. He says, but the works of God will be revealed through his sickness. So then Jesus takes that man, sticks his fingers in his ears, and then spits on his tongue. I mean, I think that's kind of strange. I mean, I think I should do that today. Does anybody need healing today? Come on down here. And then he, that's what the Bible says in Mark chapter 9. He says he stuck his fingers in that man's ears and then he spat on this man's tongue. And then the Bible says that he looked up to heaven and he said, be open. And immediately this man's ears popped open. And then the spittle is what the Bible calls, but it's straight up spit. Spittle, spat, whatever you want to call it, it's saliva out of that man's mouth. He rubbed it in the mouth of this other man. And yet this man is willing to go with it. I mean, it, it, we, we don't have the record of the people that weren't willing to let Jesus do this. We just have the record of the people who were willing. You'll never find uh, the, the, the person that didn't let them. But we have as examples the people that said, I'll let you spit on me if that's what it takes. You think of the woman that came to Jesus and, 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 and her child is sick. And he says, I, he says Jesus, I need help. My, my kid, I, I need help. And, and Jesus tells her, he says, uh, lady, you're a dog. That's a low blow from Jesus. That's exactly what he said. He says, it's not right to give the children's bread to the dogs. In other words, Jesus said, I'm a Jew. And until I've been crucified, my mission is to the Jews. It's not to the dogs or to the Gentiles. And that's a low blow. And yet she, that didn't deter her. She pressed in and she said, yeah, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And he liked that. And, and even though this is a Gentile, non-Jewish person, because she was willing to take whatever he was throwing at him. And it's not that he was trying to be rude, but he was trying to uh, explain to her that th this is not my mission yet. It's not until I'm crucified will I draw all men unto me but but she says yeah but even the dogs get the crumbs and the bible says that jesus looked at her and he says daughter your faith has made you whole go in peace and she totally leaves and then you think of the other man and i'm going through some of these fast i'm just giving you examples of healing in the new testament and, and these people uh the uh they they responded unusually to jesus's request you think about the blind man and, and we'll talk about a different blind man. But this blind man, the Bible says that Jesus uh, took spit and, and clay and he mixed the dirt 
and clay together. He spit and made mud pies and puts them in the eyeballs. Now, if you, have, if you know anything about blind people, their eyes are sensitive. Stevie Wonder wears those glasses not just so he can look cool, but because they're sensitive. That's why they wear eye patches. And yet Jesus' request to the blind man is, let me rub spit and mud in your sensitive eyes. Let me lift up your bandana and I'm going to rub that in your eyes and this man says yes sir go ahead sir man I'm telling you that that's an unusual response and yet once he did that once he gave Jesus unusual access and unusual obedience Jesus said now go and wash in the pool of Siloam and he goes and washes and his sight is restored to him listen you we can we can receive from Jesus all day long but a lot of times he, he wants us to push or, or go in a little bit further and a little bit deeper and forget about the people around us and turn our face to the wall and have an absorbing expectant gaze upon him and not everybody else and once we can do that that's really the fight to faith it's not that he's not willing and it's not that he's not able you think about the man that comes to Jesus and says if you're willing you can heal me and Jesus says if you can believe I can heal you he says I am willing and then the man says well I do believe Jesus boom immediately set him free he was whole of that plague none of that's in my notes there so y'all just all that's for free uh, where I want to look at this morning is I want to talk about blind Bartimaeus and the woman with an issue of blood. And I probably won't get to the woman with an issue of blood. And that means we'll either be doing this again on part four of the great physician or, you know, we'll just move on. Eventually, I'm actually going to pray for people that are sick. But I believe the Lord of the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I'm just building your faith up off of these examples in the word of God. We're going to look in Luke chapter 18 this morning. I mean, I like the Bible. Amen. Don't you like it? Yeah. Cranks my tractor. <laughs> don't it? Don't it, y'all? Amen. It does. It cranks my tractor. Luke chapter 18. It rained and a bunch of people didn't come to church. Did y'all see that? <laughs> Lord Jesus, these people. Man, like half of them just said, I'm not coming. And I prayed for it to stop before church and it did. And yet they still didn't come. What's that, Jesus? Okay, I'll tell him, Jesus. Just kidding. Uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 35. This is a story many of you know. Mark tells us in his account of it that the man's name is Bartimaeus. Here in Luke, the 18th chapter, we don't get the man's name. But this is another individual that, is, that has an unusual response or determination to receive from Jesus. Again, Jesus, he's always willing and everybody, nobody doubts his power. People usually doubt his willingness and uh, 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 they'll kind of well let's just read I don't want to give it all the way we'll just read it together the, verse 35 it says then it happened as Jesus was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the roadside begging now it's obvious you can kind of 
figure what this guy looks like. You have a large metropolis of Jericho out in front and you have Jesus. He's walking or traveling on his way to Jericho and you have uh, this blind man and he's a beggar. Does he have a can or what does he have? You know, alms for the blind man or mercy for the blind man. I'm sure he had on a bandana over his eyes. He probably was not very clean and didn't look very well and, and he sat there and his, his goal in life was to get somebody to give him enough food to buy himself whatever some, some, uh, some bread uh, he's hungry so he sits there and he sits by the roadside begging verse 36 it says and hearing a multitude passing by he asked what it meant, and so they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Now, anytime somebody, one of their five senses is gone, the other senses are heightened. If you're blind, you can hear really good. If, if you can't hear, you can see really good. This man, his ailment is he can't see, but he can hear. And, and he's sitting there in complete darkness, but he can hear there's an unusual amount of multitude or trash that's moving towards the city of Jericho. And I'm sure he can hear the mumbling and starting to hear some certain things. So he asks, he says, what, what is it that I hear? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. In other words, he's not coming towards you. He really doesn't have any interest in you. He's just moving from point A to point B. Don't get excited, blind man. He's not really here for you. He's just cutting through, passing through town. But, but you got to understand this man, this blind man, uh, recognizes that God is, is near him. You got to understand the Bible says in John 1, 1, that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, God in the flesh, the creator of everything that we can see and everything that we can't see is walking down the road within an earshot of this man. God is in his midst and he's surrounded by a multitude of people that may never acknowledge who they're walking with but this blind man recognizes who they're walking with so let's see what he says it says so they told him Jesus Christ was passing by so he cried out saying Jesus son of David have mercy on me Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, whenever he says son of David there, we know that Jesus' daddy was named what? Joseph, right? So he didn't say Jesus, son of Joseph. He says Jesus, son of David. Or in other words, what, what blind Bartimaeus here is saying, he's saying, I know who you are. I recognize your lineage. I recognize you're the Messiah because it's prophesied that the Messiah will come through the son of David. That your daddy, his name may have been Joseph, but your great, 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 great granddaddy is David and you're his son and you're the one that was sent to take away the sins of the world it's by your stripes that it's prophesied in Isaiah chapter 53 that that, that wounds will be healed by your stripes uh, that that we shall have healing so he hollers out Jesus I know who you are I recognize who you are they may not recognize it the people that are walking around you the curious that are just kind of trying to rub elbows with you but I know exactly who I'm hollering out to. He's 
hollering. He's loud. So much so, let's see what happens next. It says that those who went before warned him. The NIV says that the leaders tried to get blind Bartimaeus to shut up. That he's hollering in such a way that, that he shakes himself, but he scares the people around him. He's hollering to a point that he really frightens those individuals that are walking with Jesus. And he says, he cries out more. He says, he says he, they tell him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. This time he starts to blood, bust the blood vessels in his head or in his neck. If I hollered uh, this morning the way that I believe he hollered out to Jesus, it would frighten you or scare you. We read it, oh Jesus, have mercy on me. No, I believe this blind Bartimaeus knew this is my ticket. When else am I going to have God in the flesh walking by me? He's the only one that's qualified to deliver me and to give me the ability to see a child's face or watch the sun come up or the sun go down the ability to read and write and arithmetic who else is is available that that, that can give me the one thing that I need so he's hollering busting the atmosphere with his with his voice he shakes himself he scares them but notice what he did to Jesus The Bible says, and Jesus stood still. Boom! A blind man that ain't never seen nothing in his life just made God stop on a dime. Jesus put the brakes on his sandals. Right? And his sandals are smoking. He couldn't stop fast enough that this man, blind Bartimaeus, gets the creator of heaven and earth to throw on his brakes. He's just passing by, and yet his willingness to, I don't care what everybody thinks about me, I don't care. And most people will, will, will kind of will crumple under leaders. Right? You know, if you're a blind man and these people that are sophisticated tell you, now you need to do this, now you need to do that. Listen, he, 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 he knew enough to know not to care. This is his chance. His unusual response is, all the more I'm going to, with everything in me, I'm going to acknowledge who Jesus is, what he's capable of, and I'll get loud. I'll, I'll do it for him. And the Bible says that Jesus stopped on a dime, or he stood still, and he commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked blind Bartimaeus, he says, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Immediately, blind Bartimaeus knew exactly what he wanted from Jesus. He didn't have to go back to his prayer journal. He didn't have to think about it. He didn't have to. He knew exactly if, if God, you're asking me what I want, this is what I want. I want to see what I've never seen before. I want a wife and I want kids and I want to be able to work with my hands and I want to be able to have a real life. I want to see. But you notice God, God required him to verbalize what he wanted. Wouldn't it be obvious if somebody's got this over their eyes and they're feeling around and they can't see? And, and, and wouldn't it be obvious what, 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 what you, what, what he wants and yet Jesus says no I need to know what exactly is it that you want me to do and he says I want to see let's see what the see what it does next he says and immediately Jesus said to him and he said receive your sight your faith has made you well or in other words Jesus didn't say my deity made you well he didn't say my power made you well 
He didn't say my ability made you well. No, Jesus was carrying all that with him. Everywhere he went, he was carrying his ability. He was carrying his willingness. He was carrying his power. And yet Jesus here, he says, blind Bartimaeus, it was you that hollered all the more. It was you that stopped me in my tracks. It was you that addressed me as son of David who recognized my lordship and who I was and what I was capable of. It was your faith that laid hold on me. And sometimes we feel like we're waiting on God to do whatever. And yet every time in the word of God, Jesus tells them, your faith is what made you whole. It laid hold on me. You know, one of the things that's written there in in your uh, in your bulletin under that is it says faith moves God faith moves mountains but faith won't move anything unless it moves you first in other words here listen faith Jesus said faith can move mountains it can pluck up sycamine trees it can remove it can remove anything faith moves God but if faith won't move us if faith won't move our mouth, if it won't move our actions, then it won't do any good. All right, now we've got to do the woman with the issue of blood. How am I doing? Ten minutes. Can I get through the woman of issue of blood in ten minutes? No, but I'm going to try. Mark chapter 5. Jesus Christ makes us whole. Listen, I'm looking at all y'all, and y'all look pretty darn healthy. I'm just passing out the ammunition. Have y'all seen Saving Private Ryan? That man's got all the ammunition and he won't pass it out. Don't you just want to rip through the screen and grab him by his little head and shake him real good? He had all the ammunition in the world, but he wasn't willing to pass it out. So I'm just passing out the ammunition. Mark chapter 5. I know where it is, I promise. Verse 25. And stop. Okay. One more. In Jesus' name. Uh, verse 24, it says, Now Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Verse 25 says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years, and she suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had, but she was no better. She rather grew worse. Now the reason I, I, I chose this woman this morning as a message of healing is this, this particular woman, she's lost it all. Socially, uh, she is broken. She has nothing left to offer. Financially, she spent everything. Uh, she doesn't have anything else. The Bible says that she spent all that she had. Emotionally, uh, you can imagine uh, she was spent. She's all tapped out. And then physically, uh, she's been bleeding for 12 years. For 12 years, her uterus has been bleeding, and that's what her problem is. That's what's, that's what's wrong with her. People looked at her and thought, well, that's what's wrong with you. So you can imagine the sin that they pinned on her. They said, oh, well, that's your ailment. Well, you have that ailment because either your mom or your grandma or, your, or, or you, uh, you, have, you have this particular type of sin running through your family. And because of that, they shamed her, that they ostracized her. 
her. So emotionally, she's a wreck. Socially, she has no social life. Physically, she's anemic. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She probably can't, can't hold weight very good. I mean, she's, she's got a lot of problems going on for her. And, and her requirement is, is every time that she goes into the marketplace, anytime she goes anywhere, she has to yell out, unclean, unclean. This woman hasn't touched anybody or been touched in 12 years. If she were to bump into somebody, that person would have to go to the high priest and would have to ceremonially be, uh, ceremonially be cleansed. In other words, because if, if somebody that has her particular ailment, what she's going through, if she touches anybody, now they have to go to the high priest and be cleansed. So she has a big flag on her back. Everywhere she goes, she has to warn everybody, don't touch me. I'm unclean, unclean. And for 12 years, this is her plight. Socially, financially, she spent all that she had on people who are practicing medicine. I mean, I know doctors, well, they do. They practice medicine. In other words, they don't have all of the answers. And she's probably bought snake oil. She's probably bought lily juice. There ain't no telling what this woman has bought and tried to take or eat or chew on just so that she can be restored to not just her body. She could probably live with the body. It's, it's everything else that comes with this tag or with this badge that she has to carry, that she has she has to walk around with it. So for 12 years, she spends everything that she has looking for a cure, trying to get somebody to help her. All right, let's see what happens. It says, verse 26, uh, verse 27, it says, And but when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. For she said, if I can only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Well, her unusual thing that she's willing to do for Jesus is, is, is she's willing to be in a crowd of people without yelling unclean. You got to understand this woman hasn't touched anybody for 12 years and now she hears about Jesus and she recognizes this is my chance. Now, I've heard some, who told her about Jesus? I don't know. Maybe it was the one friend that she has. Maybe it was somebody in her family. But somehow she hears there's a man from Galilee that's not just sent to the people that have it all together. He heals lepers. Lepers had the same plight. They had to live outside of the city. They had to yell, unclean, unclean. They're seen as being cursed by God. And she hears, this man heals lepers. This man can help you. And so she just goes, she just goes ahead and says, I'm willing to press through the crowd and I'm going to run into some people along the way. They're going to hit me and I'm going to hit them. And if they find out or if they recognize her, Immediately, they drag her outside of the city and they're going to stone her. That's her punishment, is if she's caught out in public without yelling, unclean, unclean, they bring her outside of the city and they stone her. So, so this, is, this is her, uh, her unusual response. Is she says, today is the day. Either I'm going to die, they're going to stone me to death, or I'm going to be made well. I've heard about Jesus. I'm willing to put it all on the line. Today, I'm either going to be killed, they're going to kill me, or I'm going to be made well. And the Bible says that she says, or she kept on saying, if I could just touch 
the hem of his garment. If I could just make it through the crowd, I, if I can just touch, I don't need to touch him. If I could just touch his clothes, then I know I'll be made well. Verse 29, it says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, he turned in the crowd and he said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? But when he looked around to see her who had done this thing, the woman fearing and trembling. Why is she fearing and trembling? Well, this is, this is the moment right here. E- either, either I'm going forward in life, or everything is ending for me. Even though the Bible says the moment she touched his clothes, she felt the, I wonder what that felt like, to have something for 12 years, to be bleeding and be broken for 12 years. But the moment she does what she was believing she was going to get to do, because she's saying, if I could just touch this man's clothes, I don't need to touch him. He don't have to pray for me. I don't have to flop or shake. I don't have to do anything weird. I don't have to levitate, nothing. If I can just catch a thread that's hanging off the back of this man's clothes, then I know I'll be made well. And the moment she touches that, then something just transformed on the inside. I wonder if she was anemic, but now she just received strength. If her blood was dying but now whenever she touched him they just like the plasma and the the white blood cells and the her immune system everything just blossomed or bloomed or flowered up on the inside of her but something physical tangible happened the moment she touched him she felt in her whole body there was a change like Man, something, I just hit some electricity, something totally happened. And not only did she recognize it, but the Bible says that Jesus turned around and he said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, what are you talking about, man? Everybody's touching you. Are you mad? Are you crazy? I mean, we're every, everybody's thronging you. He said, but no virtue went out of me. Or in other words, somebody made contact. Somebody touched me different. Somebody like Blind Bartimaeus recognized who I am, what I'm capable of, the, the willingness that I have. Somebody touched me. And so he turns around. What's he do? She comes and she's trembling. She gets down in front of him and he says, Verse 34, he says, he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Again, who does he say make her well? He doesn't say. He doesn't say my deity, my power, my ability. No, he doesn't say that. He said, daughter, you were the one that was willing to risk stoning. You were the one that pressed through the crowd. You were the one that didn't holler out unclean, unclean. You were the one that walked around your house saying, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be well. You, your faith, I'm being thronged by a bunch of people that don't recognize me, don't acknowledge me, and don't tap into me. Your faith is the thing that reached out and touched or possessed me if you are uh, in shindigs the past couple of weeks you know last last uh, thursday they showed you know these people they're believing god to turn this crack house into a coffee shop and for five years they would walk around this crack house and they would lay hands on the crack house and year after year you would think man this is not working this is not good this is not going to happen but now of course they show the coffee house and it took them eight years of keeping and absorbing 
having expectant gaze upon what they were believing God for. It took eight years of them turning their face to the wall. It took eight years of them pressing through the crowd. It took eight years of them hollering out with a loud voice, Son of David, have mercy on us. In other words, not everything in life that you receive from Jesus is instantaneous. It may take you one year or two years or five years or eight years. And the fight of faith is keeping your eyes on the serpent on the pole. But if you can do it, if you can hone in and latch on to him, his word is true. He'll absolutely do it. It doesn't matter uh, what drug the teenager is on. If you can keep honed in, he can absolutely do it. He wants to do it. He's willing to do it. Praise God. I'm out of time this morning.